welcome to Galactic Grandmother Heart to Heart. My name is April. My special guest today is James Gilliland. James is an author, a speaker, a teacher, a healer, and he is the founder of the Aseti Ranch in Washington State. Aseti stands for Enlightened Contact with Extraterrestrial Intelligence, and the Aseti Ranch has hosted conferences, scientists, researchers, teachers, healers for over 30 years. James has over 40 years of training in both Eastern and Western traditions. He's been initiated by yogis, lamas, Native American, and Hawaiian elders. He's both an ET contactee and a near-death experiencer, and he hosts a weekly radio program on BBS Radio entitled, As You Wish, Talk Radio. So welcome, James. It's so nice to see you and have you here. Yeah, it's great to be on the show. I'm glad you started the show up. There needs to be more like it. It's all all guided by, you know, above. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you have had such an extraordinary childhood between um, what your dad, you know, showed you your near death experience, your um, special connection with Mary. Would you just give us a little background about your childhood and how you think that may have prepared you for your path in this incarnation? Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. The, uh, when I was, uh, Five years old, I was really ill and I uh, had bronchial pneumonia. And I was, uh, they put me in one of these tanks. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if they still do that now, like an oxygen tank and, and trying to keep me going. But uh, they told my parents several times I wasn't going to make it, you know, through the night mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. to be prepared. And, and uh, Mary would come to me and say, we're not Catholic and actually neither is she, but, uh, cause she's a universal being, but, uh, I didn't know who she was, you know, but when she came to me, she was all in blue. We're wearing this beautiful blue gown and all the nurses had green uniforms in there. So, so it was kind of interesting, but I kept asking for the woman in blue and they said, Oh, you're, there's no woman in blue. You know, you're hallucinating and things like that. But uh, she would talk to me and she would stroke my head. And then she would, uh, she gave me a substance to eat and I ate it. And it was really interesting because it wasn't, it looked like ice cream, but it wasn't cold. And then I was never sick a day after that. And I think, I oh. think it was like a crystallized oxygen formula, something like uh-huh. that. Cause we ha- we're doing that right now on the planet, something similar, but uh, we're working with, with, biophysicists and people like that that are, are creating very similar things right now. We'll, th- those will be ready pretty soon, I think, too. Uh, all these technologies are waiting uh, for the old guard to collapse, and then they'll, they'll be coming in. But but anyway, back to that story. So uh, I pulled out of it, and you know I went home, and they couldn't believe it, and I didn't miss a day of school or anything. I never got sick after that. And we moved to the high desert. And so I spent a lot of time up on these granite boulders uh, by myself in the desert. And I had uh, conversations going back and forth. And I didn't know who that was either at the time. You know, it turned out to be Palladians. And they helped me uh, depersonalize a lot of things that were going on in my life. And 
and people's behaviors. And I couldn't understand why. You know, my mom and I had a lot of issues and we, we uh, and they helped me depersonalize and understand why that was happening. And, and so it was, it was great. And, and then I got kind of indoctrinated into school and you have to get rid of your invisible friends and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. <clears throat> and then at around 25, I had uh, a drowning where I totally went through the top and ended up in that golden plane of bliss. And, and that was the most amazing things that ever happened. I think that was the highlight of my whole life, that experience, but wow, I got to experience source and what it is. And, and uh, it's, it's just this pure, unconditional, loving, joyous, golden light. That's the only way I can explain it. There's no words to explain it. And uh, I had a conversation with it. And, uh, and then I, you know, I, afterwards, I, well, the first thing that happened to me, I said, I, I want, you know, I said, how can I stay? And they said, I never told my children when to come or go. That's free will. And I go, well, how can I earn the right to stay? Because I had some of that guilt programming and things. And they said, you can't earn what is given freely and unconditionally. You know, and I'm going, wait a second. This isn't the God I was told about, you know. And, and we all have some indoctrination about mm -hmm. that, no matter what. And then uh, I asked uh you know, how can I serve? And it says, what brings you joy? And, uh, and I said, well, I, I really want to teach people about the true nature of God, what it is that we're, we're given all these false images and we have all the bearded gods of the past and, you know, all the religions and everything else. And they miss the mark, you know, they don't cover what's really happening. Uh, and so, you know, the, after that experience, I, I realized well, after I said I'm going to come back and teach, I heard as you wish, and I was back in the body, and the lifeguards are trying to risk, risk, you know, get me back going again. But, but the uh, after that experience, I, I realized that we've never been judged. It, what you know, God can't judge. It's beyond that. It's beyond mm -hmm. any judgment. It doesn't have an ego or personality or, or uh, you know, but we judge ourselves, our own fear and guilt create experiences. And if we do negative things to others in this world, their family is going to come after us or, or them, you know. So we do create karma down here, but the creator is beyond that. It's way beyond all that duality and games. It, it can't judge. And so it, it totally freed me after that. I really realized that, you know, although you need to stay in the heart and be of service and help others as much as you can, you, you, you know, you're the old program is you're never going to hit the mark. You're never going to be good enough. You're never going to be perfect. You're never, you know, it's always the division game. And then I also realized too, is that you can't divide yourself from God. It's omnipresent. It, it's, mm -hmm. you know, there's no way you can live the illusion. You can be taught you're separate. You can be taught you're separate from everything and everyone, but the creator's omnipresent within all creation. So uh, once you realize that it really frees you and, and, uh, frees you up and your whole life just gets better and how did that near-death experience change your life did it well yeah I was in commercial real estate at the time and uh, I was a board of director on the chamber of commerce and and I was really after the buck you know trying to because if I make all this money I'll be happy you know I'll have the fast car and the and a nice house and, and all that stuff, you know, and, and I did, I had all that. And, and I just realized that, that, you know, those are just touchstones that, 
that true happiness, true love and joy and bliss comes from within. Everything else is transitory. And, and so I, uh, uh, I quit, you know, I quit, I, I quit that whole business and I went up and lived in the Redwoods for a while. And, and uh, it took me a long time to get grounded because it sounds freaky, but the uh, things weren't as solid as, as you would think when that happens to you. And I would see things turn into these little golden light balls and then, and then come back again. They go out of form and back into form and things going back and forth. And, and so uh, even the ground wasn't as solid as I'd hoped it would be. So, so I was really having trouble getting grounded, getting back on earth again. And, and then, so I started studying with yogis and lamas and, and uh, I, I tried to find people kind of in Christian faith and, and they're too polarized. You know, everything is either God or the devil and if they don't understand it, it goes into the devil category. And so I, I went to some psychics, uh, some little old ladies that really helped me out. And they said, you need to get out of here. <laughs> I was in Orange County and they go, you need to get out of here. Get out of here. You're, you're, you're not going to find, find people you can relate to or anything. You need to get out in nature. And so I, so I did. But, you know, that's where I got most. And I went through the TIC, the Teachings Inner Christ. I went through their program and self-mastery classes and everything and inner sensitivity training. And then I went through the Tibetan Foundation. I went through and then I studied with uh, elders of every nation, you know, all the different ones. But, uh, you know, in the beginning, uh, this, this sounds bizarre in a way, but in the beginning, I, I had all these beings appearing to me and I had no foundation. And so I didn't know who was good, who to talk to, who not to talk to or anything else. And so I learned how to clear those out. And then I was working a lot on the interplanes with Jesus and Babaji and some of the other masters. And they would bring White Eagle and other cultures in that you have to go study with them to understand. But uh, invariably, I found out I basically, you know, we all go to the same place and we all come back from the same place and mm -hmm. we're all family and everything's one. And it doesn't matter. You know, you can name it whatever you want or name the different levels. It is just no longer important. And how did you end up uh, going to Washington and uh, finding the land for the Aseti Ranch? I kept having visions. I was in Santa Cruz, California, and my place was too small. We were teaching classes there, and uh, my place was just too small there. And so I uh, kept having visions over and over again of uh, this beautiful place. I could see the mountain, the huge mountain in front, and uh, the river, and I had an overview of it. And I kept seeing this, these words, little mountain, little mountain. And I go, what? makes no sense at all and it turns out i'm on little mountain road oh. and, and and the little mountain is right behind us it's called little mountain road i just packed everything up i found a map and i used uh divining i found out exactly where it was and packed everything up and came here and went right to it and the land was for sale the ranch i think what's really weird when i first came here i was in Hood River, Oregon, which is right across the river. Uh huh. I kind of landed there and I kept looking up at that mountain. I go, that's it. That's it. And uh, I want to go over there. And I went to these realtors and they kept showing me all these other places on the, on the Oregon side. And I said, no, it's not in all, it's by that mountain. You know, I kept telling them. And so I, I drove by this sign 
and it was, uh, I can't remember the name of the company, but it was uh, uh, one of the local real estate companies. And I looked at it and I said, you know, that's probably where I need to go. And I felt guilty because this other guy had shown me a bunch of properties, and but he wouldn't take me where I wanted to go. And I was meditating. I got this big voice saying, you know, be true to the guidance. You're getting guidance to call this number, you know, and it just kept showing up. And so I called the number and I talked to this guy and, and he goes, he goes, yeah, I know exactly what you're looking for. And so he showed me two or three places and he go, but, but this is what exactly what you, what you described this place. And he took me there and, uh, it was, it was just crazy. I'm standing there and I had eagles flying over my head and the mountain was doing all this big orange cylinder cloud, you know, on the mountain. And then it uh-huh. looked like something out of the old Testament movie and <laughs> I'm getting tears, you know, and I go, God, that, what a download. I go, this is it. And, uh, and so, uh, so I told, I talked to the guy and I said, this is, this is it. This is the place. And he goes, well, he goes, it's not for sale, but he said, the people that own it are going through a divorce. And I know the woman, I can give her a call and just make an offer. And I said, well, what do you think a fair offer would be? And, and you know, so we made a fair offer on it. And and now it's like crazy what it's worth now is, is but uh, the, uh, we got a really good deal on it and it went through and that's how it, it all got started. Now, how much acreage do you have there? The total is 70. Wow. So there's a lot. And then there's, there's, uh, we've only developed a small part of it. And we Mm -hmm. have a conference building in the bridge house and guest Mm -hmm. house and some yurts there. But there's a whole nother uh, 33 acres that's ready to go. And I just, it's a long story, but uh, I just got total control of that because I, I sold a piece to a relative and then they lost it and we had to bail it out and it's a long story, but uh, my mom just crossed over and I got it back in the wheel. So now I can can finish the whole thing, you know, the whole acreage, but uh, we've got a lot of uh, just incredible people lined up with technologies and, and uh, healing technologies and water technologies and energy technology, everything. And, and uh, it's kind of unfolding. And so it'll be like a, uh, you know, I have, uh, you know, people with like nine PhDs and things like that, <laughs> you know, that, that have technology that we, we dream about, but, uh, it'll be, a, it'll, we're not sure we, we want to make a school out of it and we want to teach people universal law and teach the kids, you know, oh. universal law and, and, uh, and, but have the extreme technologies there too. And, and, I think a lot, a lot of these kids now coming in, they're just lit up and they don't have anywhere to go and they don't have anybody to yeah. talk to and they're shoved in these little boxes and turned into little consumers and, and they have the minds to understand, you know, these, these technologies and, and the higher consciousness of what's going on. So, I mean, they're ready for it. They're loaded and we just have to create a space for them, but it's right. kind of earmarked for that. Um, the problem is I'm I'm one person and I have all these big giant projects and so I have that project and the Hawaii project and I just got out of the jungle right now I've just been cleaning up all this invasive stuff and and uh, reclaiming the land but it uh, 
you know, I think about it, it's, it's like I could use a light crew right now <laughs> to come in. <laughs> but uh, but the uh, yeah, we're we're in the process of of uh, putting that together. I know everything has its time, but mm-hmm. foundation is there. We have the land. Everything's ready to go. And it's just a matter of bringing the right, bringing the right people in. And, and I have, uh, uh, you know, both MD and chiropractic people that, that are, have those degrees and they know how to use these other technologies and things like that. So it's, it's all there. It just has to be orchestrated and put it together and create the foundation. That's really exciting. Yeah. Now you had spoken about. Uh, five different uh, interdimensional um, higher intelligent beings that frequent Isetti in Washington. Yeah. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, we have uh, a lot of Palladian activity there. We have the Orion Council of Light comes in quite a bit. Um, we have uh, Syrian influence that comes in there. We have three different types of feline beings that come in. Uh, humanoid cat beings, and then there's like 14 foot tall panther type beings that are upright, and then there's 17 foot tall lion beings, and those have been well documented throughout history. And they're the protectors of the gods, and so <clears throat> they've been coming in. We have a lot of photographs of Quan Yin and Babaji and Mary and masters appearing there as well. So there's so much going on. The, the veils between worlds are so thin there, and we're seeing the fairy kingdom, everything. It's We're seeing things, Bigfoot cruises through all the time. Uh, there's just so much going on there that, uh, uh, and, you know, not everybody's ready for it. It's, it's like too much for some people because you got to master fear. You know, you got to get past your fears. And... But that's, that's one reason why um, we're doing, you know, these interviews is we want to yeah. expose the, the mainstream population and expand awareness of what's our natural human nature and what is yeah. really part of our world you know um well, you know the problem with if you look at mainstream and you look at hollywood and the music industry and all of that stuff it's all designed to trap you in the first three chakras which are survival sex and power mm-hmm. and, and 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 so they the fear they keep pushing the fear and this and that and it's all it, it locks you in those and so where do you hear, you know, every once in a while you hear a song that's all about love and not and not need, but true love, you know, or you'll hear, uh, you know, you see a movie every once in a while, but all the movies have a format, you know, boy meets girl, boy saves girl, girl saves boy, they save the planet, you know, some, they all have the same format. And if you don't follow that format, you don't go anywhere in Hollywood, you know, so it's it's all programmed that way, but you know, where the movies about the higher dimensional beings that are extremely spiritual and technologically mm-hmm. advanced don't have it. But anyway, it's, it needs to be, we, we need a whole re-education process right now. People around us, I mean, they have their hands in the ground. We, we, it's hands on. We do our own farming. We do our own gardening, grow our own food and, and things like that. So, uh, you know, they learn, they learn how, where their food comes from, how to grow it, how to process it, everything. So it's, that's great. It's important to have be grounded, you know, and do. Mm-hmm. They, they, I love that old saying, Confucius say, man with head in clouds stumble in ditch, you know. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. So we need to get, get grounded. And the more grounded you are, the more energy you can bring in too as well. So 
Uh, I was at Iseti Ranch in Washington. I can't remember the year. Um, it was the year that the Galactic Medicine Wheel. Oh, was, yeah, yeah, Tashina. Tashina, yeah. yeah. Um, and and that was really special. I really enjoyed that. The, but I missed out on a sky watch. It was oh. rainy that night. Oh, darn, yeah. yeah. But when it's I, funny, if you, if you fly a drone and take pictures of that medicine wheel, uh-huh. It is perfect. And it, it, you know, the way it was laid out, it was all more intuitive and everything, but it is perfectly round. The, 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 all the sides are everything. You look at, look at, you go, who, how did that get so perfect like that? It's, it's amazing, but it was just all done by spirit and intuition. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I would have thought that, you know, you had a, a post in the middle and a string or a rope and yeah, yeah. On because it really is perfect. Yeah. 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 Wow. But it, uh, yeah. The way it, the way it ended up is just amazing. And uh, Sasquatch or Bigfoot, they're, they're kind of uh, entertaining there too, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I know. Um, I, I heard some branches breaking or creaking or moving around when I was there. Uh, What have you learned about the Sasquatch since you've been there? Well, you know, they're part of the human experience and they evolved in nature, but they stayed in nature. They didn't, they didn't war with nature. They, they developed themselves or evolved with nature. And so a lot of things you see shamans do and other people that, by location and shape shifting and and all that stuff, they that's natural for them. That's mm-hmm. part of their natural evolution, and they have those abilities and they can travel as a light sphere and just all of a sudden appear wherever they want. And uh, uh, we've had a lot of interaction with them. They get a little pissy sometimes if you don't pay attention. You know they'll knock them <laughs> over. But uh, it's funny too is we put peanut butter out and. They'll take the lid off, scoop the peanut butter out, and eat. It has to be organic. Eat it, put the lid back on, put it back up on the pole. And, and so people go, well, that's an animal. And I go, you show me an animal that'll take the lid off. A raccoon, maybe, we could probably get the lid off but and eat all the stuff and then put the lid back on and put it back on the pole. I No animal no. does that. Uh-uh. It, it doesn't happen. So uh, we had so many witnesses that have seen uh, Bigfoot cruising around and and we see them going, and we have a young one there that kind of breaks the rules because they really don't interact with humans. They they uh-huh. have kind of a rule like it's it's dangerous. And then we have a young one there that likes to mess with people, and he'll run right up to them and they'll see him, and then he'll turn away. <laughs> it just freaks them out. It turns that would be that would be startling. Down. Yeah. Now and he gets a big kick out of that. One more question about Isetti. Have you seen um, an? upsurge in uh, uh, extraterrestrial ships this year? Yeah, it's massive ships coming over, uh, bigger ships than we've ever seen before. There's a real uptick in uh, the different kinds of ships. A lot of uh, military activity, a lot of black helicopters have been coming around the ships and interacting with the black helicopters. So you'll see the black helicopters coming in, you'll see three ships. If there's three helicopters, there's three ships, and they buzz them. And go by so fast, you have to slow the film down to see them, and you'll see three ships buzzing. And so everybody goes, Are you afraid of the military watching you? And I said, No, we're watching the military. (laughs) You know, so 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and they're probably freaking out when they see these things go by. They're they're moving so fast that I'm sure they come up on their radar and then then gone. You know. So. I mean, they're probably there because they know that the ships are there. At oh yeah, yeah. And there's nothing they can do about it, especially not in a helicopter, you know, mm-hmm. or or a jet or anything else. There's there's these things just phase out. You know, they're they're one and it just gone. And awesome. they can make a, they can do several thousand miles an hour and make a right angle turn. Wow. You know, what do you what do you do with that? What kind of technology is that? Yeah. And one ship becomes becomes three and then back to one again. So they have extreme physics. They have a you know extreme technology. Um, you're in Hawaii right now, right? Yeah. Have you um, connected with that Lemurian consciousness over there or met any Lemurian beings? Since yeah, you- we have. Um, some really interesting things are coming here because we're, we're having the veils here are really thin as well. We're having a lot of old Hawaiians show up that need clarion and we're helping them move on. Oh, oh um, okay. we're having a lot of the goddesses, the Hawaiian goddesses appear. Oh, uh-huh. Um, we've connected with Pele and the, there's Leilani and all these other ones. And then they give us their name and then we find out the street is right there, you know, right, right. Uh, you know, it's like you go out our driveway and the street's like right there and it's named after them. And you go, what? <laughs> you know, this is too weird. But, uh, um, a lot of the beings that that we're connecting with, they're they're really happy we're here. They're really happy we're honoring them and working with them. And and uh and when Paley appeared appeared, I went kind of like, oh crap, you know, hope you know, hope I'm not in trouble here, <laughs> you know. And so I had a talk with her and I said, This is why we're here. We're gonna try to help and clean up the land. And the land was a mess when we got here, a lot of hauling a lot of garbage out of here and stuff. And, uh, and say, we're just here to help raise the frequencies and help the people here, whoever needs clearing and as much as we can. And, uh, and she softened. I saw her whole demeanor change. And, uh, and, and then I just felt a real connection with her, like, um, like totally. Yeah. You know, like finally, you know, you were getting the right people here, but, uh, um, the, we're getting photographs of, of the Orion Council of Light Beings showing up here. Um, some Palladians, some other beings, and uh, uh, just, you know, huge light beings just standing right in front of the place, and we're getting photographs of them. Wow. As well, as well as a lot of ship activity here, too. And out in the ocean, I filmed a huge golden ship just sitting there for a while, and then it just blinked out and disappeared. And uh, oh. the next day, there was a big old naval ship there, like a <laughs> big gray naval ship right there you know right in that in the same spot and i posted it on telegram and facebook and and it was funny the next day the ship's there and we had black helicopters flying over we're st- we have really low black helicopter helicopters coming in but i have some friends that are very psychic they're very uh and the uh, two friends of mine went to this one woman for a reading and she said yeah they know you're there <laughs> they said they know you're there we're trying to figure out what you're going to do, you know, but uh, it, it's kind of interesting. They're always, they're always looking, trying to figure out what's going on. Did you, have you learned any of the um, Lemurian history? Like um, uh, what happened prior to 
it's sinking or yeah oh yeah yeah i know about that that's uh well what happened is you had atlantis and lemuria and then lemuria kind of divided i mean atlantis divided and they had the people that they worshiped the intellect and science and they went into power over others and using their science uh in a wrong way and the lemurians were warning them you're not working within universal law you know you're you're getting into service to self and you're out of control. And, and so they came and they just melted down the Lemurian uh, uh, colonies. And so a lot of people think Lemurians were just like people that lived in nature and things like that. No, they were space bearing. They were very advanced and they did live in nature. They saw the creator and everyone and everything. They worshiped the unseen God and everyone and everything. And so they, one of their group, brought a meteor and hit Atlantis, you know, and, and took care of Atlantis. So, have you gotten any um, updates from extraterrestrials regarding where we're at with that, with our higher timeline? Yeah, they're working very hard on cleaning up the. I'm trying to think of the way they're like the intruders. The people have intruded on us since for 400 and something thousand years. Right. They've been cleaning up all that. We've been under draconian law since then. And they've been helping, you know, clean up the the dumbs, the deep underground places and, and the, the pockets, you know, where there's a lot of kind of tall grays and reptilians. And then there's serpent beings and royal reptilians and gin and all that stuff. They're helping us clean that up. And, and we've got beings coming in all the way to the 13th dimension that are coming in to help. And they're, they're planetary protectors and things like that. So, so that with that kind of power coming in, there's no way the tyrants can continue. They're not frequency specific to the earth and its evolution. And we're moving through that highly energized place in space. People call it the photon belt or everybody has a different name for it. And the Schumann resonance is off the scale uh the the whole electromagnetic light spectrum there's new bands coming in oh. uh you know it, it's all there cosmic ray index is off the scale cosmic rays actually create genetic uh, uh alterations and things like that so there's no way of getting around it i mean it, the energy coming into the planet so and it's affecting the bioelectric fields around the body and it's affecting our consciousness and everything else mm-hmm. so everything's getting amplified and uh, and so and sped up. So karma is getting amplified. Action reaction is getting amplified. It's speeding up. And and so these these people are, if they don't figure it out, they're going to take themselves out really quick. You know, they're starting to go down really fast. It's almost instant karma that we're going through. And I know if I pull any kind of a stunt, I get hit immediately. <laughs> I don't. I didn't even get a break. You know, it's like instant. You know, yeah. so I have to really watch, you know, I have to watch my bad sense of humor sometimes. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, don't lose your sense of humor. No, no, I, I won't. I, I, I was given a vision of it being literally a heaven on earth here. And, mm-hmm. and I've mentioned this before, um, you know, with the children's education where they really get to learn about their true nature and working with them. Oh, yeah. And no one and everyone on the planet has basic necessities. I mean, it's just truly wonderful. I just wasn't shown how we get from here to there. Yeah. Well, I, I tell people 
you know, don't get into fear, but it's probably going to get really ugly and then it's going to get really beautiful. Yeah. So because one, the chaos is coming in. That's part of the healing process. One, one group needs to collapse and the other group's going to come and take over. And when that does take over, then you're going to have, uh, you're going to have the med beds, the fearless energy technologies, anti-gravity, counter-gravity, all these amazing things, mm -hmm. healing technologies uh, that are going to be coming in, as well as we'll, we'll be, everything's going to be revamped. And uh -huh. I asked the Palladians once, I said, how do you teach your kids? And she said, well, our, we have counselors that are very spiritual, and they know what that kid's uh, soul purpose is. They, they know. And we give that kid everything it needs to reach its highest potential. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they realize everything is one and they give back to the whole. And they actually take the kids up on the ships and they take them, they phase out into a light frequency. Wow. And so they have a near-death experience and they realize they're one with everything. And then they bring them back. So they never lose that. They don't lose that consciousness. And so they, when they realized that, when they started doing this, they took a quantum leap in, in evolution. And that's what, that's what we have the potential to do. But we all have to do our part right. uh, to work for it. And we have to stop working for the beast. You know, we have to stop supporting the beast and try something different. Follow our own creativity. Exactly. Yeah. Let me see here. We've covered a lot. Oh, um, on your your website, you have photos of the healing technique that you do, the transpersonal release oh, yeah. sessions. Yeah, and I'm really curious to to know how that came about and how that works. Well, um, just a regular camera will pick a lot of that up, and uh, with a flash, you know, a video with a flash will pick a lot up. But we actually took some technology called PIP technology. I think Harold Oldfield is the one that created that. And you can actually film the session. And when you're filming the session, you can actually see the energy come in. And if I'm working with Mary, the whole room turns pink. And that person's body pixelates into pink, you know, pink light. Uh, when I'm dealing with the feline beings, it's usually green or gold. Mm -hmm. and, and depending on who that person's guide is, it determines the colors, you know, that change and things like that. And so we've had a lot of, uh, uh, when I was doing a workshop in Australia, there's a guy that had a camera there. And every time I said, oh, this group is coming in, he could actually film it. Ooh. And when the Palladians came in, we had a whiteout. And, and <laughs> the woman I was working with, the whole body just turned white, turned into white light. And I said, the wow. Palladians are coming to you right now. And, and uh, so you can pick that up. There is technology that can prove that these frequencies are real. These energies are real. And that there is an exchange and, and, and that's one of the ways we do it. There's other ways as well, but I always tell people it's, you know, whatever you're experiencing is in you, you know, we're just reminding you of it. And uh, we don't allow any worship or any uh, guru type stuff or anything else. We're just strictly here to empower the people and help them remember who they are and, and uh, release the past and heal. And, and that's our main focus. And, and unfortunately, um, right now, there are a lot of people out there that come from isn't, isn't right. And they're, they're trying to find love and acceptance and approval outside of themselves. And they're working mm -hmm. things out. And, 
and and that opens doors and other stuff comes in. So, so you got to get really clear. You got to be really clear with yourself. You have to have your own personal connection with creator and uh, and work from that level and be in pure service mode. Because if you're not, you, there's doors that can open and other things can come in and uh, hijack, you know, your whole soul purpose. But <laughs> you know. with those kind of energies coming in, it must really be a very powerful healing technique. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's very thorough and it goes right to the core issues and, and pulls them out. And, and a lot of people that are staying at the ranch, it's kind of a prerequisite. You have to go through this or you can't handle the frequency. Oh, yeah. You'll start blaming, projecting. And, mm-hmm. and even then, even then after a while, uh, when people come to the ranch, the energy is so high there. We tell them, uh, you know, they go, Oh, I feel like I'm at home. You know, I feel like I'm in the Pleiades here. And, the higher beings are everywhere. I can really feel this. And I, I love this place. And I said, well, come back to me in about three days. <laughs> and after about three days, everything is up. You know, everything, because when a higher energy comes in, it's going to bring everything up. It's sympathetic resonance. It's going to bring it up to heal. Mm-hmm. And, and if they can get through that part and own their stuff and own their projections and their blames and, and all that stuff, then, then it's great. You know, then they get really solid and they have their own connection. But they, they got to go through that, you know, that, that dark night of the soul or whatever you want to call it. They have to go through that you know, to be able to stay and hang out. Well, I know in Mount Shasta, you know, Talos is, yeah. is in Mount Shasta and the energy is very high. It attracts a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, a dear soul sister of mine lives there and I visit her frequently and the people that are drawn to Mount Shasta, it's the same kind of thing. It's like that first year that it either makes them or breaks them because yeah. high energies just bring everything up in their face. I've seen, I've seen that there as well a lot. And the closer you get to Nirvana or Ascension or whatever you want to call it, the more the demons rear their ugly heads and they're going to come at you. And so if you don't have a good foundation, uh, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of people lose it. They, they don't do well with those energies and, and there's mixed energy in the shaft. It's not all love and light. There's some other energy. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it has the same thing. Sedona has yeah. a lot of reptilian energy there, but it has some really high energy, uh-huh. like you know, so you have to figure out where you're at. <laughs> um, you have a, special connection that you've spoken about with Mary and you talked about Mary's DNA lineage and how it contributed to Jesus's physical vehicle. Um, Mm -hmm. I I was, I wanted to hear you talk about that some more. Um, Yeah. Well, Mary was part of the Royal family and she, her genetics went back to Lyra, ancient Lyra. So she had very pure genetics and and that's why she was used and and when she was with child and joseph was upset and said i'm not going to marry her she's with the child and i haven't laid with her and all that stuff well this being came in gabriel supposedly this light being shows up and says this is our child or my child and you'll rear him as your own and he goes yes sir you know <laughs> so anyway that went on and uh and people don't understand how that works and what happened was Right now, just if you want to get down to physics, we can shoot a laser through a uh, 
salamander egg into a frog egg and that frog will become a salamander and we oh. can do the same thing so we can transfer genetics now we can already do that mm-hmm. and so it's very easy for them with their abilities they can probably do it spiritually is to create uh, a fetus in the womb and add their genetics to it and and do the whole thing so they use her genetics and then they jump them up and and the archangels are, are mythological. Well, the mythological knows archangels, but throughout the universe, they're known as Andromedans. And they're eight to ten foot tall beings. They have magnetic light bodies, very high frequency body. Well, they they had to do that to create the vehicle for Jesus to come in because he came in from the seventh dimension, which is the plane of bliss. And he was done. He was done with everything. And when they say he laid his life down for us, that was what he laid down he came in from the seventh dimension and housed the body and brought that wisdom along with 12 disciples all had the teachings of 12 grand masters each one represented 12 grand masters so uh that was uh we don't know the whole story there's much more to Mm -hmm. that story but the uh and mary so mary uh, same thing, Mary uh, Magdalene also, she was very adept. She went through all the Egyptian mystery schools and she did a lot. You know, some of those are tantric. And and so so together when you have the male and the female, the positive and negative, they come together and you have that love energy. And, and you know, she helped him to ascend, basically, using practices, you know, very spiritual wow. practices. Now, a lot of Christians get unfit, offended by that because they think sex is dirty and evil and stuff. But, you know, it's, you know, you got to balance all seven chakras down here and keep them flowing and have love flowing through each chakra. Mm-hmm. And that's how you ascend. And you can't do it with a lot of judgment and, you know, anger about that. You have to keep keep things open. But the, uh, yeah, she definitely helped him to ascend and the, the, them coming together. And it was very easy because they both, came in very high and they had very high genetics and, and they're both holding a frequency. And, uh, you know, he came in just loaded, you know, he was, he was loaded and, you know, people go, can't understand because, you know, in the Bible, they have the jealous, wrathful, genocidal God, and then they have the all loving, all forgiving God. And Jesus says, I come to bring a new covenant, which is the all loving, all forgiving God. And so people are schizophrenic because they think God is all a genocidal maniac and jealous, wrathful and everything, but he's all loving and all forgiving. How do you put the two together? And the only way you can do it is understand there was two gods. The Old Testament God was jealous and wrathful. It was a different being and the new one, you know. But when you have these images of bearded gods, you go, who created them? Yeah, and did they have a mother? You know, where's where's their counterpart? How come she's not in the picture? You know, so... They were in the past, you know, what happened to them. But uh, anyway, it's, it's, we have to let go of a lot of programming, uh, societal programming, religious programming, all these different programs to really get to the truth of what's really going on. And, and people go, well, you're, you're, you're not denying the presence of God. It's, it's so much more vast than we're told. And, and I tell people, you know, even Jesus said, you know, you search the scriptures in vain for I speak of a living God. And he's saying it's not in a book. It's all around you. You know, he said, he kept saying it, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. You go, where's heaven? It's closer than the hair on your head. You know what? What? And he's saying, you would do greater things than I for I go on to the father. You're still here. You can do all these things. 
So, I mean, all this stuff that he taught was empowering. It was very high level quantum physics and, uh, and people just didn't understand it. And we, a lot of people still don't understand it, but you know, we're, people are fighting, you know, like they, they're, they're kind of going like this, you know, they're going, come, they want God to come, but they don't want to be torched, you know, or punished. And so until you realize you have to drop them, you have to drop your guard and just say, okay, let me have it. I'm, I surrender, you know, and uh, when you're, when you're there, then everything opens up, but it's the, the whole programming right now on the planet is external. Right. Yeah. If you read my mind, you're seeking God externally, you're seeking love externally, you're seeking joy externally. You'll be happy if you have this fancy car, this bronze, you drink this beer, you'll get the bronze babe on the beach. You'll have big car, you know, you'll be happy if, and no, just be happy. That's your natural state. Love is your net joy is your natural state. You don't need all that stuff. And until you get away from all that and get out in nature, you'll never figure that out because you're just being bombarded every day, you know, by these pictures and images and everything. And, and I went through, I'm lucky. I went through that at an early stage. You know, I had to read all that stuff and I realized, you know, this is mm-hmm. it's just programming, you know, I need to yeah. look at all this stuff. So, so it's nothing, nothing wrong with having a nice car and things like that, but don't let it on you. You know, don't, right. your joy and your self-esteem should not be attached to that car because somebody's probably going to steal it or hit it, you know? Right. It's rust, rust and get dense in it, you know, and then your ego gets dense. And so it you know, gets dented, you know, but that's the main thing is it's, it's an inward journey. Everybody has to make their own personal connection with creator. And on the way, you're going to connect with all these other beings, masters, saints, and sages, and, you know, very spiritually and technologically advanced off-worlders. You're going to experience those, but they're also going to experience the other ones that don't want you to, they're going to try to sabotage your, your mm-hmm. expansion and your awareness. And, and so you have to realize that those are there too, and you have to clear them out of your space. And, and hopefully they're being cleared out of, of everywhere quickly. There's a huge, huge cleanup going on the astral level. Like I spent so much time in the astral level. I'm not getting any sleep and I'm just, doing so much work in there and then and i'm just like guys i just i need a couple nights of just solid sleep you know and and to regenerate here but uh, yeah the veils are getting very thin right now and people are seeing uh flashes of light around their peripheral vision they're seeing shadow beings they're seeing all these things are happening right now because the veils are getting very thin and don't get into fear you know, the ultimate power in the universe is love. And we can bring that love of creator through us, through the heart mm-hmm. in every situation. And they run, they don't, they don't want to be around that energy. They get out of there very quickly. Now, did you have a incarnation during the time that Jesus was here? <clears throat> yeah. I don't talk too much about that because. I really want to get away from being special. Pardon I'm not me? special. I'm just like everybody else. But right. I, I, you know, I, I had a drowning and a few other things happened. and But I came in with memories, too. I have full memory of my other lives and everything. But the uh, I had two experiences. One, I was an old man. I was a grandfather. And I was, I was watching the kids play. And I was sitting on this hill. And, and that was our job, to keep an eye on the kids. You know, that's... And, you know, teach the kids and hang out with the kids. And, and uh, 
and that's the elderly, you know, that that's the way it should be the elderly, mm-hmm. you know, to, you know, take care of the kids, you know, walk, keep an eye on the kids. And, uh, and I died. And so when I saw these kids, I go, you know, he has a twin brother and all this other stuff people don't know about. And the other kids and I go, these guys are going to do something. You know, I really want to see what happens. I want to see what happens with these kids. And so I died and I just did a loop. I came back in again. And I can't remember how old I was. I think I was about nine years old when I when I ran into Jesus and he was like 30 or something. I'm not sure how old he was. And uh, and his brother, Thomas. And and they were together. And, and uh, I ran into him again. And they were in a, a temple, a Zoroaster temple. And they were calling out the priests there who were living very fat, you know, off the others. And, and, uh, and he was calling out the caste system and this stuff there, you know, the, the level, you know, all this stuff. And he said, no, you're, you need to serve the people, you know, you need, you're not, they're ser- serving you, you know? So they got their henchmen together, you know, and they're going to g- get rid of them, you know, because they were a threat to their mm-hmm. system. You know? And I was the water boy. I was the water boy. And you know, you know how the universe works. It always puts somebody in the right place. You know, I, I don't know. It was really weird. And so, I, I was the water boy and I sit in there and they're all making plans to do them in to get rid of them. And so I I uh, I left and I and I got some water and I went to give them water to make it look like I was doing my job, you know. And I told them, I said, hey, they're making plans and uh, to get rid of you. And I said, you need to get out of here. Uh, there's too many of them. And what and I and I have full memory of that and Jesus wanted to stay and fight. People don't realize that, but he was. <laughs> He was powerful. He was a swordsman. He was very well trained in martial arts and everything else. And he wanted to stay and fight. And, and Thomas kind of said, "No, no, we we got to go." And and I was saying, "You don't." I saw what they're what they're gathering. You know, you need to go. So they took off and they took me with them. And then they dropped me off at a place. And I found out later what they dropped me off at the house of Mary, which is. Which, which is the grandmothers, they have a place, a thing at this time, it's called the House of Mary. And it had Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, it had all the grandmothers, everything. And they had a very large group that gathered there, even bigger than his, his group. And, and that's where he hung out. He hung out there because they were that divine feminine, that love that that's what he taught. And he felt more comfortable there. So he spent a lot of time there and in nature. And uh, it's kind of funny because I'm the same way. I, I love, I don't like all the competition, rooster energy and, <laughs> and I like nature and love the divine feminine energy. Yeah. But they, uh, uh, I understand that. But, uh, but anyway, those are the two, two lives that I had. And, but we've all done that. You know, we've all had amazing lives. And mm-hmm. you know, I had, I had lives where I was a cripple in England and I was a road bandit in another life. And I was a Viking yeah. warrior in another one. So we've done everything, uh, you know, and, and uh, I've had a lot of off-world lives where I was ship captains and ran a sanctuary and all this stuff, which I'm doing again. I'm creating a sanctuary, the same kind of sanctuary that that we had in the Orion Council of Light you know, with that group. So a sanctuary and. Well, it's the same foundation, like in the in the Orion system, there is it called Lahar. And it was, it was, uh, and most of it was underground and they went through the Orion wars and it wasn't affected. 
and they helped beat back the the reptilians and the greys and the other guys that came in but they they were split too the problem is they had all these high council guys that were arrogant and the seers we were like the seers we came to them and said something's coming you better gear up for this something's coming and and we told them i said these beings and they go well if we gear up and prepare for war will be a threat and they're going to annihilate and they, we kept telling them they don't care they don't these people these beings come and do not care and and if you cannot if you cannot overpower them or match their power they're they're going to just take you out that's what they do and they wouldn't listen to us and they're saying well you're you're creating war you're creating fear and you're creating and i said no we're just conveying a message we saw it you know we saw it in the future and so luckily half of the people listened and they did gear up the ships and they they weaponized them and they were much more advanced technology anyway and if it wasn't for that we would have lost the whole colony but uh, we did lose a lot of people and a lot of people on that colony got uh, a lot of cities were wiped out and things like that but uh, and a lot of the fifth dimensional beings from the orion system are helping with the cleanup that was in the fourth dimension where that was going on and so they're, they're helping a lot of people will have a fifth dimensional life in the Ryan system and they're they're helping with the restoration and healing and cleanup you know of the fourth dimensional stuff that happened so uh, a lot of stuff like that happened and that we're working on that same project you know that's why we shifted from we have these setting we have the lahar foundation which is uh using the same principles that we we use there nice well, we're coming to, I've still got a whole nother page of questions we're coming <laughs> to the end of the hour. Can I get you back? Yeah. Yeah. I can come back on. No problem. Oh, I'd love it. Thank you so much. I oh, really thank you for having me. Getting me you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. 